What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It Presents Faces of the Moon, our Marvel pair-up series for Moon Knight, along with identity-themed movies like Fight Club or Donnie Darko or things of that nature. Where every week we look at an episode of Moon Knight on Disney Plus and pair it up with a movie that we think would connect with it thematically and discuss why it is. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And Jamie Girard. Hello. And we are talking about episode four of Moon Knight today, as well as the movie Donnie Darko, the much more fascinating story of development than I realized it had in a movie I haven't seen since, I don't know, a decade or two. And it is a fascinating one to go back to. It is a ride. Mm. <laughs> uh, so let's dive right on in. Jamie, what do you think about episode four? Oh, it's my favorite episode, and uh, not to ruin the illusion of podcasting, but I we have seen the one that comes after it, and I would say I even like it better than the following. Uh, episode four was, first of all, it was like the first, I feel like, real horror thing that Marvel's done. Like, I was getting scared, and then it took that bizarre twist. Uh, it kept reminding me of Buffy, which is uh, a high compliment, and um, I, I enjoyed it very much. The hippo. I love the hippo. What a great way to button <laughs> an episode. Nice tag at the end there. <laughs> like, what the hell is happening? Um, yeah. Um, also, a little bit behind the, the, the window, like she said, we I have also seen the next episode. I prefer the next episode. Uh, we'll get into that in future. But this episode is really solid. Uh, it, it is a bit discombobulating. It's a bit weird. I think that's why I liked it so much, because it was kind of unlike the rest of the show so far uh i did like sort of gives a bit of a um adventure like mummy-esque vibe to it uh, especially with having layla being more so the kind of the focal point and the lead uh and i love the they build in this first episode so we, we get the love triangle that is kind of happening between steve mark and, and and she uh which also is probably why we're not getting some of the jake stuff because it's a little harder to make that a square it's easier it's more better story-wise to do a triangle and kind of have it there so i dig that uh but yeah i dug the episode um and now that i've seen the follow-up the button and the way that it ends makes a lot more sense because i was like what the hell is happening yeah i agree with uh everything terrence said this felt exactly like tom cruise's the mummy uh, one of the greatest kicking off points for the dark. It was the Brendan Fraser one. It was not part of the dark. <laughs> That's what we obviously mean when we're talking about the mummy. Um, very heavy mummy vibes. Love it. Every Anything that can harken to any universal adventure movie, I'm in. Uh, I agree. This was probably the m most heaviest horror that I think we've seen in the MCU since maybe the Hulk's first transformation in the Avengers on the aircraft carrier. The you know, Vision's face kind of whenever it's been ripped open. Uh, but it, it really kept you in it. Like, we're really kind of pushing the boundary of what a, I don't know what it is, TV 14 rating is going to kind of do and look like and see. And uh, that's really exciting. It actually really reminded me a lot of the first Doctor Strange, where suddenly we were decapitating people and stabbing people through the hearts and really seeing a lot more violence than we have trusting that our audience is older or mature or i don't know what it is or just not caring or just having a careless reckless abandon for young people watching at midnight um loved the end i think there's a lot to talk about in just that 
bizarre matrix meets one flew's over the cuckoo's nest scene we got a lot of bright white walls i wish and i actually have not watched the fifth episode yet uh, i missed my little midnight window that i usually have yesterday um and so i don't know where we're going and uh i i do sort of wish we had lived in that space a bit longer because i thought it was very interesting and i liked the the conceit that we're immediately doubting everything about the show it is now likely not now i guess but maybe he is insane i know that's one of the old moon knight comics where we just open up in a similar ward and we spend a lot of time questioning has anything we've ever seen this character do been real or has he just been institutionalized from issue one uh so it would have been kind of cool to play in that space especially with the ongoing horror elements there we could have got like really blumhouse and one location evil dead stuff would have liked that but then we get a big hippo and i've never complained about a big hippo showing up <laughs> in my day um so very i mean it's exactly what i said I, I think i said i wanted last week where i just want to see what more of these gods are doing i want to see more than just Kanchu. i want to see more than their avatars let's really push that cgi budget and give me some some stuff and you know, it's, the other thing. It's interesting because I do like the show, but it is very interesting so far that this is the one show that of all of them has had articular character probably on screen the least. Like Moon Knight himself is not really on screen at all in this in this series. And especially not in the follow-up episode, Jamie can kind of attest to that. It's more of a character study. So we're sitting here with five episodes and I'm like, huh, I like this series, but if you're here as a... Uh, typical Marvel fan or uh, a person who's not really into these type of things, uh, not having the character in sort of the quote-unquote cape mode throughout a good part of this this show is kind of jarring, I think. Yeah, and because it's like, it, it, it feels like very much like that's what you get in an origin story. It takes a while, but he's already Moon Knight. So it's right. kind of an interesting choice. It doesn't really bother me because I have no attachment to this character and I would rather see Oscar Isaac's face. <laughs> Um, but I, I would As understand would I. that criticism. <laughs> somebody compared, I saw on Twitter today, somebody compared it to um, how you never, how Boba Fett wasn't in Boba Fett enough. But I don't think that's a really good comparison because Boba Fett's just one dude. No, also, like, also Moon Knight as a character, the costume of Moon Knight isn't in it. And it's not the costume of Moon Knight nor Mark Spector's origin, but we're following another identity and it's mm -hmm. it's so much that character's origin and oscar isaac has been in almost every That's single scene of every yeah. single episode that so yeah I, I would say comparing those is a little off it, it also agree. reminds me when it first came out in theaters somebody told me they thought the social network wasn't jesse eisenberg's movie because he wasn't in it enough mm. which is a movie i love that i was like i don't think people know what main character means right because uh, mm. how is this movie not about him how mm -hmm. i if somebody was like moon knight's not about all of these different identities running around in oscar isaac i'd be like how is that true right. every scene connects back to him the agency the motivation of everything links back to oscar isaac yeah 100 percent. and i think we're about to get even more of him because there's that weird shaken sarcophagus in our last frame mm. that I mean, you know, Indeed. all of our things will be answered in maybe in a week. For me, it's just sitting on Disney Plus. <laughs> no, an unopened Christmas gift. 
Ooh. It's really the Red Rider BB gun of my queue right now. It's just behind the tree, and I haven't seen it's it. It's there. You just haven't seen it yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it continues to be great. I know it's a little harder to go back in time when we've seen episode five and ponder what this hippo is. But I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the hippo? What's going on? I mean, clearly, I, I had looked it up earlier, and I didn't write it in my notes, and I forgot, but it is another Egyptian god. I'm sure there's a big explanation for that, and I get the sense that it's more revival or love or life or whatever we're getting to, and this is going to be a big – he's going to wake up in that poodle shot and have a second chance, and uh, other allies must be coming and realizing that Kanchu didn't do much wrong because, you know, there's a giant – what I believe to be a fire – goddess coming that's basically going to do minority report but for yeah. the world <laughs> i'm going to judge your scales and your wrist and then kill you if i think you i'm pretty sure that's minority reports that that is minority report yeah uh yes it's hard it's hard because i've we've, we've uh jamie and i've oh. seen it you have some tidbits there you're in you're you're heading sort of in the right direction it i will say that i think uh if you the hippo was very jarring at the end and i think if you kind of what i originally thought uh, is because we saw that hippo in the in the store in the shop like when 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 i so i thought he was uh, imagining it was a part of his his brain it still feels in that 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 thing but i just thought that he was placating that like he's putting that up there it's kind of like we made this something in my life i put this as the beacon of that and it's going to talk to me back um, that's what I thought was at the finale, so that's kind of what I envisioned, and uh, it was more, I ended up being more than that, but it still is sort of in that same vein uh, a little bit as well. Because I also was like, maybe one of the other gods chose him as their avatar to just kind of be like, you know what's going on, and I'm going to use you the way Kanshu was using you. Right. We can trade avatars like Pokemon if we're both <laughs> in the middle room. Um, so I loved it. The episode, the show continues to just be so unique and different, and it's so us. unlike anything that we've we've gotten so far. And I actually think that's the case with all the the, the Marvel shows. They've all been very different from the other, um, which is pretty fascinating. But I'm also enjoying that this one is a little bit. I don't want to say smaller because that's the wrong word, but like you know, WandaVision was so high concept and everything else was kind of building the world and still teasing Julia Louis dreyfus and the multiverse. And I sort of, I'm like, oh, this almost feels like I'm at a phase one, a jumping on point. Mm -hmm. I don't need a lot of it. I'm sort of kind of just liking the grace of having a story where I'm not connecting every piece to another piece. But yeah. I'm going to love doing that again the next time I do it. <laughs> I like all of my ornaments yes. on the tree. It's not Christmas. That's my second Christmas reference. Uh, but that's the episode. I know you guys are, you've skipped ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that brings us to Johnny Darko, an hmm. early 2000s movie uh, with a very unique director who pretty much did this in Southland Tales and Dipped. Good. Good <laughs> yeah. I did not know this is the same director as Southland Tales. Do you just said it, and it makes so much sense. Uh, yeah. Oh we, my god. Context for that comment and why I know that so well. The first time I saw Donnie Darko was in my very first film class, and we used it. My teacher's example was: we're going to talk about studio interference. 
mm-hmm. and times when maybe you don't get to do whatever you want. Because he made Donnie Darko, which we watched, and we're like, this is amazing. And then he was like, yes. Then on his next movie, he was allowed to do anything. Whatever he wanted. And then he made Southland Tales, the time-traveling movie where Sean William Scott, for lack of a better word, has to avoid touching himself. And Justin Timberlake sings, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. And The Rock is there? This is a reminder to our audience to go back and listen to our Southland Tales episode during Loki, because we did do an episode about this. I was it all on? Do I thought I we just we were just kind of brought it. it up? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought we. Are you sure? I thought I watched it specifically for this. No, I think we just touched on because I, I would have brought definitely it up, and then you were like, "I need to go rewatch Southland yeah. Tales." Okay, we definitely talked about it. So. But we do. I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like anyway, to bring that movie up whenever I can. Well, it's this often podcast why my is the reason don't work out. I've seen. <laughs> All right, <laughs> got to bring in Southland Tales. <laughs> um, but it's great. A very it wasn't a troubled production and it wasn't a troubled release, but it had the unfortunate reality of being a movie where a plane falls out of the sky directly after directly after uh, the September 11th attacks, mm-hmm. causing the movie to not be advertised. It has since gone on to be a cult classic with one sequel that I've never seen. I have. And apparently, have you? Yeah, it's bad. Uh, uh, but it's it's the same actress that's the little girl is the older sister and she's back. Uh, and it has nothing. Richard Kelly, nobody has anything to do with that. But yeah. Samara. Yeah. Samara. Yeah. And it's called S. Darko, which is, that's, yeah. 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 I, uh, I read on the Wikipedia in preparation and then just got lost in the trivia. Uh, when asked if Richard Kelly had ever seen S. Darko, his response was like, no, they didn't call me. I wasn't involved. I don't understand why it even exists. I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> not a part of it. I want nothing. And uh, as recently as 2017, he did start talking about a sequel, mm-hmm. which be- because in a conversation he had with James Cameron in 2010. It's nuts. <laughs> where James Cameron was like, hey. I don't know where they were. I have no context for this conversation. But apparently old Jimmy C walked right up to him and was like, hey, I watched your movie. I thought it was great. I don't get the end. I don't understand it. <laughs> what's, what's going on? Donnie Darko, Donnie Darko, Richard Kelly apparently explained to him the ending, alleviating any fan theories. I'd just be like, this is what it is. Don't be nerds. Uh, and to which James Cameron was like, oh, well, you got to make another, man. That's fascinating. you got to do it. I think you can go even bigger than this. I think you can make something huge and unseen. And apparently he has been working on this He's sequel ever since. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I did, So is there, there a confirmed fact of what, how this movie, what happens? Because like, I was like guessing, I have ideas, but has he said specifically he goes he travels through time in the wormhole it is i guess just a random happenstance that happens uh the choice pretty much being like either you can go back in time and die uh preventing the death of your sister and all of these other things that happen in the movie or you can sort of like keep trying to figure yourself out okay that's that's what i thought yeah, that's I, why when I'm, he wakes up, he like laughs because he just kind of okay. all like he knows that he's like uh, I gotta. My only, I thought that was it that he chose to go back to to um, 
to like save everybody. But my only thing that I'm like confused about is if he goes back, does the plane even crash? Where does the plane come from? Is it just for an alternate universe that it falls through? Um, cause if, because if his mom and his sister aren't on the plane, then the plane can't fall into his house. But I, maybe I'm overthinking it. Uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, it could also just be that, like, that specific plane and that specific flight final destination style was going to pop gonna no, fall matter no matter what. what. Yeah. Um, that okay, so, okay. a fixed point in the timeline, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, sort of okay, passenger, I believe that. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't but, do like too deep of a dive. I just know that he was like, yep, he goes back in time and dies. Okay, I, I feel good about myself then. Uh, yeah. I feel like I, I, I got what was going but on. But this was definitely a thing that had a lot of talking points. Uh, when oh, yeah. People were like, no, this is what this is. This means this, this means that. I'm like, okay, that's a, you guys are doing a lot. Uh, I do feel like this would have been just as good for our time travel podcast as it is for a duality podcast. Like it almost I, feels more time travel. I had that thought rewatching it because I think mm -hmm. in my mind I was so fixed on Frank and Donnie's dynamic and his journey with medication. Um, but it is at its core really a time travel movie because even like how Frank works and operates isn't so much his psyche or anything. It is remnants i guess like he does yeah. have the bullet hole in the theater it is a it is much more it's like a little bit of both it's like yeah, a it's very it's, weird because some of frank feels like feel like feels like donnie's id um they use it off of like him reading the book that he's reading from drew barrymore's teacher which she's a wild ass teacher um she's my favorite movie teacher <laughs> i love her but some of those things that like that he's doing are like the quote unquote dark side of of his brain so it kind of does give a little bit of duality since for 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 that uh for that part it almost feels like in a moon Knight way where he already has these mental problems and then the time travel is like Kanshu, where it's he's a, it's good to latch on to someone uh who's, a who's little already broken loose. a little bit a little yeah, yeah mm -hmm. a little yeah it is also it is just very interesting even watching the movie with like looking at it as like a post 9-11 movie because it sort of accidentally opens with like very patriotic America first politics and American flag imagery. And it, I was like, oh, there's a lot of like accidental parallels that aren't even plain. Not on purpose. I didn't even think about this. So I, this is the first time I've watched it since high school. When I saw it in high school, it was probably at that point five years old. Uh, four or five years old and so like I, none of this clicked with me and I'm like oh god yeah all of this makes so much sense uh, yeah, I just I mean, it was I, literally for the record wonderful. I really enjoyed it on this watch I, I, I think I, I get why it has such a following I mean it's, yeah it's a very interesting movie. it's very angsty uh it's very yeah. much of that time where we were all kind of like mad at the world and like ah f this and like the 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 uh Patrick Swayze mm speaker who has everything and you, you, you always wanted at one of those little uh seminars when you're in school would want to be the kid that just gets up there on the microphone and just rips that person anyway hold like yeah we don't know what the hell you're talking about shut up get out of here speaking of uh, swayze i forgot how stacked this cast is oh this cast is insane uh, it's amazing like seth rogan just happens to be there <laughs> <laughs> But you, but yeah. you brought up Drew Barrymore, and I like I. You're right, an unhinged teacher when she tells her to sit by whoever she thinks is the cutest. But 
I you, still uh, love you can't that convince movie. me that that's not her character from Never Been Kissed, just sort of being like, no, it's cool to hit on the students and the teachers. It also, like, in a weird way, it kind of kept throwing me because everybody looks so young because, like, duh, it's 20 years ago. But I think because, like, Drew Barrymore's company was the one that was like, we'll make it. And then she was in it. I think they, like, gave her, they, like, aged her up a bit to be the teacher for Jake Gyllenhaal. And every now and then I was like, why does she look, but everyone else is so baby-faced. But she's, she's either, will never age. She's a witch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because Drew, Drew definitely is like, at this point, like I'm looking at her now, I'm like, she doesn't, she has not changed much from then to now, but Jake was a child. Well, we think, I think, because Drew Barrymore, we've known her since she was, like, four. So, so we've it's, seen so her. She, yeah, and she's in it, like, what is she now in her, four, and she's in her, four, like, like, you know, 30s to 40s. I feel like you're like not aging as yeah. much yeah. Um, as you are, you know, and I, we've just known her for so long that it, it's, it, it makes sense that, to view her that yeah. way. Yeah, but people kept just showing up on screen. I'm like, I forgot, like, Noah Wild, like, what is ha- who's not in this mm-hmm. movie? It's also, uh, um, the mom, uh, Mary um, uh, Mc, McDowell, Mary, why, why is her name escaping me? Um, the president from Battlestar Galactica, yes. uh, yes. who I love, and I uh, McDonald. and I'm McDonald. Yeah. Um. Uh. And I was I was excited to see she's great in that movie too. I really love her. She's like a good movie mom, just like Drew Barrymore is a fun movie teacher. I somehow, and I've seen this movie a bunch of times, and I think it's because I have not seen it in the last decade when she's become a. I had no, I, I completely forgot Jenna Malone was the was the the, the female oh, yeah. actress in this movie. I completely forgot it. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, and she looks like a a baby in this movie. Didn't she just like stop a rob? She like did a citizen's arrest recently. <laughs> really. Somebody was maybe they were someone was abusing a dog. So I'm making this up, but no, General Gen- definitely had um, just did a citizen's arrest like within the last month. Good on her. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, a lot of very interesting. Yeah, it is definitely. I mean, a movie where you can like sit and theorize and go through. Because it even touches on like multiverse stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's Frank's mm-hmm. warning about this like. Kang the Conqueror tangent the whole time, but then we sort of mix in what's real, what isn't, schizophrenia, psych, fight club stuff, and then like very literal time travel. And you know, I think when I was younger, I sort of liked the theory of like, well, he's just it's, it's wish fulfillment. He wants to see that portal over his house, he wants to go back and save his family. But he obviously can't, and that's why he's laughing and it falls, and we see this world. But then I guess in S. Darko, the whole movie is like she's sad because her brother's dead. Yeah, it's, so like it's it's a little a lot more linear. Like the time thing doesn't really happen. It's sort of the same thing that happens with um, American Psycho too when Mila takes over. It just becomes like a straight like a straight story. It's like I hey, will borrow a couple of things, but ignore all the the poignant points that we had with that. I once watched American Psycho 2 with my grandpa on cable. <laughs> a very fun memory. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is terrible as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, but it's, it's, I mean, it's still interesting. There were some things in it where I was like, oh, I mean, it's a little, you could argue it's a little like anti-medication and help where I was like, oh, there's a lot of like, what are the pills doing to them? Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like this in a 2022 world, but 
whatever. It's still great. It has cool horror beats and weird theater scenes. And how come in every movie where a couple goes to see a matinee or a late night special like Evil Dead Grindhouse movie, they're the only two people there? There is no one else in a theater. I ever. saw a letterbox review that was like, there is no way in any town a, a Halloween showing of Evil Dead is going to be empty. Like, no. there's just, there's no way. <laughs> no. And I'm glad it wasn't just me because I was just no. sitting there with my roommate, like, it doesn't make any sense. But well, what then, doesn't like, make any ability... sense really is that it always happens. Well, then his ability to return, and I was like, no, this, none of this, this part doesn't track at all. Like, all of this is weird. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Richard Kelly also did The Box, which I, I know no one else saw. Oh, I did not see that. It was a Frank oh, Lagella, yeah. Frank Lagella. Like, he was a person that was going, like, from door to door and, like, having people, like, play with this. This, this sounds terrible, but playing with this box. And, like, Cameron <laughs> Diaz, and I think, I think Cyclops, I think Cyclops, Scott Marsden, I believe, was 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 in that, too. But it's, it was a weird, and that was his last film he's ever done. Watch it, that's it. Yeah, I don't think he's pulled. I'm James Marsden. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I said Scott. I missed Scott missed Summers some... and James. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it happens. Everybody's very tired. It's hot in LA. It, I'm, it's, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> um, we're struggling. Everyone's, we've just been working our nine to five. Everyone's very <laughs> sleepy. Um, who knows what's real anymore? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but still love Donnie Darko. It's great. I frankly kind of would like to see this weird, bombastic James Cameron inspired larger than life yeah i would love to see what a big version of donnie darko is because i think some of the what makes this work is that it is so small and independent i don't know how you make this large and it still holds some of that charm well it's also kind of like james what do you what do you what do you what do you mean are we going to see a bunch of portals open in the sky like are we is it a more hardcore are you trying to get the terminator in there or that's what it's that's what it is like, also, is it going to be like, a... if it's not Jake Gyllenhaal, I don't want it. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I would watch little Samara. I would watch her as, like, a grizzled Sarah Connor type, mad <laughs> about time travel. I would watch T2, but it's this movie. And then the bunny shows up in the mall, and the shotgun gets flipped out, and he says something about coming with me, and the audience is like, what? He was the villain last time, and now he's the hero? I think it's going to be great. <laughs> Yes, and we all will be bunny rabbits for Halloween. It'll be it's fantastic. Be, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm waiting on it, you know, 20 years in the making. <laughs> uh, so how then do we think this pairs up with our Moon Knight 4? Because I know we all sort of went into it with just being like horror. Horror beats, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think the Moon Knight episode is scarier than Donnie Darko. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't work. Uh, I think because I saw it when I saw it younger, it was it mm-hmm. had more freakish moments. I the the freaky points didn't weren't as bad for me this time um, as they were before. I do think uh, there's there's a lot of sense of it's hard because I th- I feel like this episode actually fits better as we go along with what happens in the next episode because there's a lot of questioning about self and who you are as as a person and there's a lot of self reflection that I think this movie asked the audience to do and asked Donnie to, d- to do and that is where this is leading it seems to be that's where we're, we're heading with this this series as a whole is kind of be like who are you at your core um and that's kind of we don't get too much into it in the back end of this episode but that's sort of where that is leading to and it kind of uh opens the door for for that for the future uh, I think there's a lot of 
Kadani is figuring out self. We all were at that point in time. Like, who are, who am I as a, as a human? Like, what, what am I doing at this age? What does life mean? We're all, that's what this movie is at that age. And that's sort of what happens as we continue on with, with the rest of, uh, rest of Moon Knight without getting away too much for those who haven't seen the next episode. <laughs> Here's some multiverse thoughts for you. The girl in, in school who has a crush on Donnie is in WandaVision, is one of the neighbors in Westview. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting sort of digging in. And I, again, have not seen this fifth one. But I think, like, the horror beats are at the top. Like, I, this is, as we said, the most horror-y. But this was so much more, not body horror, that's the wrong word, but more like adventure horror, creepy creatures, mm -hmm. crawly things. And this movie, uh, Terrence, you're right, in my younger lifetime, I was much more scared of just the imagery of Frank the Bunny. But yeah. there was something watching it this time where I was like, the tone of this movie is so unsettling the whole time and almost a like John Carpenter way where just something sort of always feels off and I think that's very similar to how Moon Knight's been where we're sort of the whole time being like I don't something's off mm -hmm. uh, and it's interesting seeing how they even can like shoot and change it up that way and what that means for the narrative but um it also deals, I think, with the sacrifice and these sort of deliberate choices that a version of your identity is going to make um, to let others, loved ones, live mm -hmm. and get away. And that kind of the weird struggle of almost like healing with your identity. Like we're sort of starting to see Oscar Isaac in this one. To through become his own. sort of, sort of uh, both a realization of it, their, their, their other half, but also uh, a coming to accept the other half that's kind of what happens in, and that's that darker works in that way too yeah i think you're seeing different ways like different routes of it but yeah. uh it's interesting when you start kind of looking at it and let's not forget the giant hippo at the very end at the post credits of donnie darko hippo and the bunny and hippo and who the bunny. will make a right comeback <laughs> in our epic nailed it yeah uh, if you don't have a crazy looking animal talking to you, then are you really are you really living? Are you really doing life? I mean, I've been saying that for years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a that's all I've got for old Donnie and Moon Knight this round. I don't know <laughs> if anyone has anything else to add or no, it was fun. Um, I one of my favorite things about this podcast is revisiting movies I haven't seen in a really long time. Yeah, I, I, I think enjoy. that's going to be the case for our next movie. His... I enjoyed going back for this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also was very excited to revisit this. I had not seen, I hadn't seen it in long enough that there was just like, the, almost the ending I even forgot. Like I was like, oh yeah, I, he goes back and the jet engine falls. And I was like, oh, but it's sort of all about this car accident. He shoots the guy in the face and then he carries her. And I was like, it, like this is a pretty intense, like, yeah. It, wild like it, it's intense to watch it really it like has a a lot of heavy stuff in it that i forgot about um with other characters and reveals about their true nature where i was like oh yeah there's a there's a lot of a lot of, a lot of dark things that go down in this place mm -hmm. just like in moon nights where there's <laughs> darkness forever because of Everywhere. the moon god being gone 
Um, will he be back? Terrence and Jamie know, and I don't. <laughs> um, that's it, guys. We will see you next week for our next episode, the fifth episode, the penultimate episode, as it were. And you can, of course, leave us review on iTunes and Spotify and wherever else you're listening to your podcasts. You can follow us on Hollywood ADI. I'm at, as always, Blake. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum, and Jamie's at Jamie Cinematics. Terrence operates the Hollywood Already Did It YouTube page with all of his trailer reactions, episode-by-episode episode recaps of I don't even know which shows you're watching at the moment. Uh, I, just started, so t- I just started We Own This City. So that's HBO Max from the creator of The Wire. I just started that now. Great. Did you do Our Flag it Meets Means Death, Terrence? I did not. I did not. Oh, but it's oh. so good. You should. <laughs> it's a delight. Um, and Jamie, of course, is on the Phase Zero podcast on comicbook.com. And we will talk to everybody next week. Bye. Later.